content warnings for claustrophobia, snakes, and Bambi's mom. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to Table It, a micro RPG podcast. My name is Tim, your host and editor. Table It is an excuse to get my friends to play and review micro RPGs with. Uh, in this episode, we'll be playing Broken Swords and Twisted Trials by Brandon Leon Gambetta. Um, you can find it in the Ultimate Micro RPG book, edited by, of course, James D'Amato. We've had a couple of these in a row. You guys are familiar with this book by now. Um, you can find the writer um, at B. Leon Gambetta on Twitter or on his website. Um, BrandonLeonGampita.com. The the next dungeon that you have to get to is um, uh, Stavish, uh, Viscount Stavish's old manor. He doesn't currently live there. Um, a fire burned it down. Um, not to the ground, but enough that made it unhabitable. The last artifact is in there, and if you can acquire that, you can prevent him from doing his world-ending We've each magics. earned another treasure. You have. Yoink! So, as you're leaving, you uh, steal something. You claim an artifact. Can I, can I get some uh, information on what y'all acquired? Yeah. Um, on our way... Uh, I think he got very close to me um, and like reached down and like maybe even like pulled me up. Um, also like Winifred Sanderson <laughs> in Hocus Pocus. And we were scrambling in the air and I uh, clipped his uh, uh, blood red brooch off of his uh, cloak and the cloak and I both fell and uh, – I got wrapped up in it and uh, realized he couldn't see me. So I now have an invisibility cloak. Meanwhile, while you were doing that, I noticed that as the serpents moved and kind of left their stations, there was some water that had frozen. It was very cold right there. And in the middle of all the ice, there was a frozen wand that I just yanked out somehow. Like Arthur and Excalibur. I dig it. I got a healing potion. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Interesting to see how that might come up in this game. Yep. Um, all right. So on your walk to the next location, um, it is a woodlands. The... Um, the rainforest thins out as it gets colder, um, and the the woodlands is sort of like grove-like. It's got that sort of like patchy woods with like grass and on like under the trees. There's some of that like like loamy soil, but then before long, you find soft, comfortable green grass. So. One cool thing on the way. Cuts has telepathically somehow kind of zoned in on nearby hunters and notices that there are some bear and deer traps laying around. Cute. That I help you all of what cute? Yeah, deer. There what? are there are deer. They're deer are cute, but these are traps. <laughs> traps. I thought you said tracks. No, no, no. Trap. That's why you were like, oh, cute. I was like... No, we're not thinking Bambi. We're thinking Bambi's mom. Oh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Devastating. Devastating. That's going to have to be a a content warning. Content warning, Bambi's mom. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of anything right now. Okay. So as we walk, avoiding the traps, um, Finn hears a little sound and it's like, rear, rear, rear. And we look up and there's two possums fucking in a tree. <laughs> it's a crossover. <laughs> all right. I'll write down possums fucking. I 
wouldn't want warned about that. I, I want to experience that <laughs> thrill on my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's a spoiler alert, not a content warning. Content warning for spoiler alerts for possums fucking. All right. <laughs> Is that the beautiful thing we want to see? The very cool thing we want to see is, is, is possums fucking. And, yeah. uh, all right, cool. Yeah. Cuts goes, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> possums. I think this is actually, as we're climbing up through the woodlands, because I'm envisioning this as kind of like a mountainous region, and so we are climbing as we're hiking this route. And it's not so much a moment or a thing, but it's this gradual realization as we're walking out of this lush rainforest as it turns into snow covered mountaintop as we're getting towards the, towards the top. And there's just a moment where you just kind of stop and as a hiker, it takes your breath away when you, yeah, you don't realize it because the change is so gradual, but when it hits, it's like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. Uh So on this beautiful mountainside, snow on top, um, ever so few trees dotting the sides of this mountain and then you spot it this old manor house this was where he acquired his title of viscount this is the edge of a now long dead kingdom this building half burnt down half ruins um is where it all began and if you can beat him to the mirror where it will all end so first challenge is getting in the gate got this i throw on my invisibility cloak and i i do a little sneaky sneaky through the gate okay (laughs) um acting heroically or desperately uh i think I think it's heroic. I mean, is it heroic to hide? <laughs> well, here's the deal. As you're go- doing this, it's you're acting heroically like the brave hero in the story, or are you just trying to scrape by alive? Okay, so I think it is heroic. Yeah. So I rolled a four, but then I add four, so that's an eight. Okay. So that is one tick towards our six, um, but you have to scar mm-hmm. one of your items. I think you mentioned your invisibility cloak. I think yeah. that's the right one to scar then. Yep. Um, so I think the answer to what you have now is a... I think what happens is as I'm like crawling over the wrought iron gates, because mm-hmm. it's a vampire's house, right? It is absolutely a vampire's um, house. And I uh, leap over, I get caught on the the wrought iron gate and I'm just kind of swinging there for a minute and eventually uh, and I'm able to tear myself down but it tears a hole in the invisibility cloak so there's um, so it's an invisibility poncho uh, yeah. no no there's just like a single hole where you can like just see my ass in the back of it excellent yeah you can- oh yeah because you're a bat so you're probably not wearing clothes yeah yeah bat ass <laughs> badass cloak <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so I have an invisibility cloak with hole. Excellent. In the ass. You don't have to write all that. Cloak <laughs> with asshole. <laughs> okay, no, that's what's in the cloak. Bum bum. All right. Wow, you guys feel a draft? <laughs> so. Okay, at this point, I think the issue is we have one person past the gate. Yeah. And two people waiting. Can you yeah. open it for us? Yeah. But yeah, you can't can act again. I can't oh. act again. So I'm, I'm going like, to actually start like trying to, like, is it a portcullis or is it like a garden gate? Garden gate. Okay, so I'm just going to go up and try and give it a, a push because you went over the top and like, okay, what if it, if, what, what if it just what if it's not even locked? <laughs> yeah, yeah, alright. Um, that You're, you're doing the doing the uh, Paul Walker yep. uh, Br- uh, Brian to the uh, um, Roman. Yep, uh, very break, much Break so. the window or just open the door because it's not locked. Yep, very much like that. Are you acting heroically? I was attempting to. Okay. Because this is, it's not just a... The, the, you're not scrambling in, you are kicking the door in. 
I heroically open it, a door. It's not even a kick. It's a strut and a push. You're air guarding the door. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I got a 10. Nice. nice. Y'all roll like fucking kings at today. That rolls. Dude, I rolled average on 2d6. All right. <laughs> plus three. So I then bravely walk through the open gate. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think that's about the time that because uh, I got hung up on the gate and I'm just like swinging there. You, I think it's you pulling me down is what tears the the asshole in my cloak. Um, the the next thing that stops you in your path is you hear howling, and for a second you're like, are those dogs? Are those wolves? And when you see them, you know, oh, they're not hyenas. They look maybe a little hyena-like. Their fur is scrappy, barely attached. Their jaws are... Um, you know how dogs don't really have cheeks? Mm-hmm. These also don't have much of a face, either. Oh, are these werewolves, or...? These, these are undead okay. hounds. Um, their eyes are glowing purple-red. Their fangs are slobbering. They're going to attack y'all. There's I, a juicy yeah. butt just floating <laughs> in the air. On the other hand, there I is should. all of one person here who has any kind of weapon. <laughs> so I have how, two weapons. How are you going to get around them? How are you going to get through them? Heroically or desperately? Heroically. I would like to telepathically read their minds to see what would, like, placate them to let us through. Okay. All right. Roll it. Bold choice not to use either of your weapons. <laughs> I've got two weapons. I'm going to use my brain. <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking. If it's more than one, one little knife or one wand isn't going to do much. So that is a... Seven. Okay. On a seven to nine, you succeed at a cost. So do you have an idea of what that cost is? I think it does need to be the telepathy, the... Okay. Yeah. So you and them, you, you reach into their mind and you, you ask them the question of what do you want? And the answer you get back is more than you can handle. Ooh, spooky. It is, you are suddenly brought a mind-altering wave of hunger, of anger and desperation, and it bowls you over. Uh, you spring back to your feet, but, there's a, but it's still in your head. You cut the connection, they collapse as you collapse and when you stand back up they don't but you can feel that hunger in your head now so feels intense hunger in head that's good i dig it yeah and i say well the dogs are down you two up next is a uh overgrown hedge maze once designed for eccentric nobles to wander around and uh, play at being lost it has now gone a little further than that it is a maze of thorny warped hedges covered in spikes and I think everyone's gone once. Mm -hmm. And I can't go, so one of the two of you. So this was a pl this, the Viscount. This is the kind of maze, that, like you said. This is where the Viscount would host parties and galas, Correct. and people would come through. And this manner was actually used. Mm -hmm. Dodo Zan's going to pull out his harp. Okay, he's going to start playing specifically aiming at that kind of ballroom music that was played in the Viscount's era when he was still living. Mm -hmm. So a crisp 480 years ago. Yeah. 
trying to get ghosts to show up and oh, show us the way through. I got it. So that's good. This heroic. Yep. And what'd you roll? Fourteen. God damn. <laughs> so. Like, dude, calm down. I'm supposed to be the chosen one over here. All right. So, so that's so that means you're gonna have the last roll. Cuts goes next, and then you. You find yourself up to the entryway, following a parade of cavorting dead noble specters. You navigate your way through this maze. You occasionally see one branch off, but you follow the main pack, and sometimes you see those specters that branched off again, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes they come back looking different. And when you finally get to the door, it's collapsed. The door is burnt down, broken, husk. You start navigating through this uh, structure. Um, The floors are full of holes. The stairs are missing most of the steps. Um, The room you know the mirror to be in is in the back furthest corner of the deepest basement. The, the most dungeony room, dungeonyest <laughs> room in the entire house. Um, but to get there first, you have to get through this collapsing building. What do you do? I believe it just has to be Finn at this point. Yeah, uh, I Finn or cuts. Finn or cuts. All right, either or. But if you have a plan, go ahead. Um, oh, all heroes must act before a hero can act again. Okay, yeah, so it has to be me. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm just going to charge. Not necessarily, because we have all acted in a circle. Like, we all, we, all got th- we all got one, and then I got one more, so these two have to go again before I can go. Yeah. So it says, um, if the uh, no hero can roll twice in a row, and all heroes must act before a hero can act again. Yeah, so I was taking that to mean with, the, with, the, with three players, we each have to take one, and it becomes open season for the other two who didn't finish that cycle. So, first challenge, any player can take it. Second yep. challenge, two players. Third yep. challenge, only one. Correct. Fourth challenge, any hero can take it. Except for the one who rolled that third Except for challenge. the one who rolled the third one. That's the way I was reading that. Yeah. But I think, I think uh, everyone's gone twice now except for... On this, on this challenge? This dungeon? Yeah, I haven't gone twice. No, none of us have. I'm the only one who's gone twice. Did you not go twice? It doesn't matter. No, yeah. Cuts I, I took care ahead. of the dogs. Oh yeah, and I that took, was it. I got. I just walked through the gate. And you then, walked through the gate. You got the dogs. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think I'm going to. I will just charge ahead and say it's time to end this. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's that feels pretty heroic. Yeah. So that is nine plus ten, eleven, twelve. And I just stride through the dungeon uh, uh, with the intent to uh, murder my vampire ancestor daddy. Okay. So you navigate this building rather quickly. Um, Perhaps you've been here before. Or perhaps there's a memory that was passed down of this place to you. You've You've been in this basement before. At least in your dreams. Mm hmm. This is where I was conceived. The door you kick open. Uh, It's all coming full circle this time. It it was coming last time, too. Chaos magic sparking at my uh, wingtips. So you kick. I thought my jokes were bad. You kick the door uh, to the basement (laughs) open. Um, The. the stairs are narrow and twisting. Um, and as you move further and further down the stairs, the air grows thick. Um, at the base of the stairs is a large room. The um, A glowing uh, purple-red light is the only light that you can see this room by. Um, on the wall is a mirror cracked and uh, eerie. It's a full-length round mirror. It's mounted to the wall. On the right of the mirror is a too-young-for-his-age man 
his he has a goatee he has purple red eyes misting off smoke as if he was crying um he looks at the three of you smiles and says thank you for bringing my watch don't think us yet daddy he opens up the book in his hand um as he opens it a puff of dust comes off of it and he starts reading the language is not one that you've ever heard it feels like it's pulling your very heartbeat from your lungs the book glows the the mirror glows he, in his other hand he has a music box it's open and a small figure is twisting in it I think that I desperately try to like bonk the frozen wand and see if it can dispel something from his hand. Sweet. All right. So you're acting desperately. You. That is a 11. All right. That was our (laughs) sixth challenge. Um, You use your frozen wand and you swing it are you are you trying to cast like a spell or are you trying to slap things out of his hands <laughs> i'm trying to like cast a spell that will slap things out of his hand gotcha okay let me let me uh picture how this works and i probably because i'm cuts and i'm not the wisest of characters i probably just say something like abracadabra <laughs> <laughs> you you shout some nonsense magic words and um, his eyebrows furrow for a second as he tries to, to maintain concentration. When suddenly a, uh, a freezing blast of Arctic wind um, slams him into the back wall. Um, the mirror shatters further, cracks falling off of it, um, and he drops the music box. The music box's tiny figure snaps and skitters across the floor right under right in front of Finn uh, Dodo's on and cuts and I imagine Finn you I have a lore question sure shoot was he a vampire before or after he lost his wife after after okay a twist so i bend down and i pick Shame up the figure <laughs> and i look at it and look at him and i take out the watch and i begin to turn it back um and i infuse it with chaos magic as i like run towards him and i grab him and i leap both of us through the broken mirror and turn the clock back to a time before he lost his wife, uh, before his vampirism, and um, I uh, take him back there so he is mortal again uh, and leave him on the shore with his wife. Um, and then I break the watch, trapping him in that time, potentially also myself. But because he was with his wife, I guess I never existed because he never turned into a bat and fucked my bat mom. (laughs) I dig it. That is remarkably (laughs) charming and cool for a weird bat character. So while uh, this is happening, we, uh, one one second, we are at the end of the game. Our challenge rating has hit zero. The great threat is defeated by, by what you two did there. Um, all heroes who live, which is all three of you, um, tell a story of their life after. And then All Heroes Who Fell, which is none of y'all, um, tells the story of how they were remembered. So um, I think, um, was that your story of how you lived after was in the past? Yeah, sure. Okay. And I cuts. I look at the frozen wand who has done such a good job, and I say, I'm going to name you Popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> and I decide that I want to, I inexplicably after all of this, decide I want to be remembered like Stavish. 
And so I drop my half a magic map and my chipped knife, and I only take the frozen wand with me to go on more adventures so that when I turn evil, inevitably, <laughs> someone will have to come look for this map and chipped knife to defeat me. Whoa. I love it. Good stuff. That's great. How about Dodasan? Uh, what do you do after? Dodasan goes back to town. The <laughs> It's what the... The lands between end, uh, here between the here between's end. Yeah, is the town we were we were spending our time in. Goes back to the here between's end. Retires from roof running competitions. You're done. Instead, he becomes a storyteller. Proceeding to tell the story of cuts. Proceeding to tell the story of Finn of the of the Viscount Stavish, and everyone believes that. Uh, all the stories are made up because there's no record of a Viscount Stavish. Yeah. There is no vampire who's lived for half a century. There is nothing that's gone on. So it becomes these epic ballads that are performed and passed along. Incredible. That was great. Nice work, everyone. That was uh, Broken Swords and Twisted Trails. I had a really really good time. All right. uh, We will come back after that for our review. And we are back. Uh, welcome back from the break, the very short, I, I think technically 10 second break is what I have for our <laughs> mid-roll. Uh, we're going to get into our review section of our uh, review section of Broken Swords and Twisted Trails. Um, so we're going to start off with our likes and dislikes. Um, so I want to go first. You know what? I'll go ahead and go first. Um, it's going to sound really, really dumb. I don't have any actual dislikes. Um, it's a perfect game, everyone. We did it. That's, <laughs> that's just the thing. Is it's, it hits all of the beats that a micro RPG should. Uh-huh. It has uh-huh. story. It has it has a mechanic. It has a concept. And it has a clear, defined end. Yeah. Um, it, fits, it hits all of those. And Brandon, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. It hits those like a recipe. Mm. Mm. There isn't a flair. There isn't something to make this unique or hit beyond what the person who's playing it as the DM gives it. Which is really what, in my mind, an RPG should be. But there's just not enough flavor here to hit that point. Which is why I don't have any dislikes is it's it hit the recipe perfectly so there's nothing i can pinpoint as this is this is that okay did you have, do you you have, you have likes was the likes was it hits everything i it expect hits, and it hits okay. everything we expect out of a micro it's it hits everything we expect out of a micro it hits everything you expect out of an rpg it's it is swords and sorcery yeah and there's nothing to it yeah, it's it's it fits it hits the recipe and that's all it does. Well, uh, do you mind if I go next? I've got I've got some very specific ones. Yeah. So, uh, my like is I like a random character creation option mm-hmm. that isn't numbers. The fact that y'all wrote things into a pile and pulled character pieces from that felt very fun to me. I dug that. Mm-hmm. Um, my dislike was purely wording based. In the section of you act heroically, they roll 2d6 plus their unscarred traits, and if they act desperately, they roll 2d6 plus their scarred traits. And that makes sense, kind of, but for me, um, I was uh, I, I was assuming, like, oh, if you can apply a trait, you can add it to it. I think it's just numbers. It is. It's just mechanics. And I don't see where that... I don't see where it says... Like, okay, it's act heroically. They roll 2d6 plus the number of their unscarred traits would completely change my dislike of this in this game. So yeah, that, that that's that's all I got. My dislike was I wasn't 100% certain going into this until y'all started rolling that that's how you were getting your bonus to the 2d6. Mm-hmm. So I liked, I liked pretty much 
everything. I would agree that like some additional flavor or flair. Like I feel like I don't know who Brandon Leon Gambetta is as a game creator from this game. Uh-huh. Um, that being said, I liked it a lot. I loved the character creation. I thought that was really fun. I um, I know in previous games I've been like, you know, I'm only a few years into playing RPGs and I really like when rules talk to me when I'm seven or like I'm seven. And I feel like this one did without being insulting. Like I felt yeah. like I really knew what I was doing. Um, and I also came the least prepped to this one, full disclosure. <laughs> so um, that was really good for me. Um, honestly, the only thing I disliked other than the things we've talked about are how bad my dice rolls were, but I don't really <laughs> think that's on the game designer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will echo Tim's uh, like of having a random character generator i loved the idea of everyone writing down traits and choosing from those so whatever you end up with is completely randomized and i really like that a lot um i will agree with you that the bonus action i or the bonus action the bonuses to the roles were a little weird because especially in the beginning and maybe this is a dislike because we all were rolling so hot Mm -hmm. Uh, but there, it almost seemed too easy. Cause why would you ever roll desperately at the beginning of the game? I, um, I completely agree. Yeah. I was really hoping for y'all to get beat up a bit more. And I think we had like three or yeah. four scars and that was it. I have I things had, I'm going to bring up when we get there, but I the rest of your, yeah. I had one injury. Yes. <laughs> and like, I think that like. I don't know if you said this outright or if you just like sort of implied it, Tim, of the like you only get the bonus if like one of your traits is applicable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that would have maybe helped or Mm. you had to roll desperately unless if nothing was um, applicable, then you had to roll desperately or something like that. That's sort of getting into um change. things we would change but i think the bonus action or the uh, bonuses to the rolls are a little weird and clunky and it was just uh a little too easy for us to succeed now maybe that is unique to this game and we all were just rolling really hot with the exception of cassandra <laughs> um <laughs> but Wee. like i feel like matt and i didn't even roll like partial successes very often as well. yeah, I so rolled, like we I didn't even get beginning. scarred yeah I, I think math wise your uh your average roll is a seven on 2d6 and then you're usually going to be adding at least one maybe two yeah. um which puts you well into the um like that succeeding plus. at a cost to mm-hmm. uh, uh, ten plus. Yeah, like I would have made high. Like I mean, th- this is kind of similar to um, a lot of other games. Definitely, I can see that the inspiration from uh, Apocalypse World, the you know two D ten plus a plus a number uh, seven through nine and ten plus. Um, but depending on how desperate you want this game to feel, I'd change it. I'd bump mm-hmm. it up. One other thing that I did really love uh, mechanically was I, I'm a sucker for an RPG that, like, in the final round, there's, like, a, a third act twist or yeah. something like that. And, like, a new mechanic is introduced. And that's why I really liked the um, twist of... Um, not that we played with it a lot, but, like, the rolling against your scarred traits we didn't have a lot of that but i really liked uh if you hit your injury you like flat out died yeah uh and i like that as like a very like third act like climax of if this were a movie or whatever um it just we didn't get there (laughs) we didn't have a a whole lot of injuries yeah I, i think the end of the game giving you the option to only die you can only die in the third act which mm-hmm. slaps. That I love cool. that. Yeah, that's um, great. But yeah, we did, we weren't anywhere close to that. You'd have you would and have I to, rolled badly. You would have had to roll a literal nothing. Yeah. You would have had to roll one dice instead of two mm-hmm. to yeah. be able to hit an injury. Well, and I rolled literally terribly the whole game, 
and still didn't even come close. So I think almost like maybe my dislike is that it almost was too easy, even mm-hmm. though I'm the one that got the most beat up. Yeah. I think that actually steps us right into the next section yeah. here of first off, did the game hit what it was trying to do? I, I would say absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think so. We're, we're 100%. At, yeah. the, 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 a game of marching bravely into the dungeon and maybe crawling out, like, uh, this game felt like a dungeon crawl in a way that I dug. Like, yeah. that mm-hmm. felt, like, I, du- I really like a, here's a dungeon, crawl it. Like, mm-hmm. very cool. Well, and kind of, again, depending on what kind of game you want to play, this did feel, feel very much like these are the chosen heroes. They're bigger, better, more heroic than your average person mm-hmm. so like it is harder for them to get hit and like we're just like speed running a dungeon essentially and if that's the game you want to play that's great um i just um uh i think it hit very well on like kind of making your heroes seem like bigger than life mm-hmm. yeah i almost wonder if yeah never mind that's uh that's it i keep trying to get to the <laughs> things i would change more yeah <laughs> Um, well, well, looking at the tags, I do think it hits most of them. It definitely, a dungeon crawl is fantasy, adventurous, um, pretty traditional, classic. I definitely think it relied on player-driven creativity. I actually, one thing I forgot to name that I liked was I really liked, like, all of us kind of chiming in on what the walk yeah. looked like and everything. That was oh, fun. yeah, I like that. Um, I like, that. like, in a longer game, a lot of times that's just a lore dump from the GM, and so I really, really liked that. I will say the one thing that did not hit that we did sort of touch on, but it says that this is a three out of four complexity. I do not think that that is correct. I think you're getting a little bit of a, uh, you're getting a skewed opinion on that complexity rating. That's Um, fair. It's always difficult to try and rate these games. And James D'Amato did a really good job of Mm -hmm. separating those out. Mm -hmm. Um, We are a table of very experienced gamers. Yeah. What, like we have we have all run hundreds of hours of games and played in hundreds more this is this is exactly what we're used to so for us That's coming to super it, fair this this felt so easy so clean you're right um so well, I and think, I guess I was conflating complexity and like hardness which is not really the same thing mm-hmm. yeah I, like uh the amount of uh, story I put into this, like, uh, rules is written. It just says, like, GM describes what happens. I'm like, yep. Like, that's all, that's all me. But, like, I, I, yeah, I love the in-betweens. Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, like, I, I use montages in my games. Mm-hmm. If, you've, if you've played in any of my games, you, you'll definitely have heard me do a montage. I've done them a couple times on this podcast as well. I mean, like, we played a game that was built on that montage mechanic. Yeah. Um, uh, so like, I love a montage. This has a a, 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 a rules light montage. It's it's a it's chopped down to, hey, you players, help describe the world a little bit. Yeah, I love it. Love that. Um, yeah. yeah. The only thing I would change personally, um, other than adding a bit more flavor, would be um, making it harder. I I think I would make it a eight eight to eleven and then twelve and up for the difficulty maybe. Just so that I want, I want them rolling desperately more often. Mm-hmm. We had we had no one roll desperately for anything, no. except for did you roll desperately on your invisibility cloak? I rolled desperately at the very end, but then I succeeded. Okay, it yeah, was my one right. success, thank goodness. But it's well because you had so many uh, like scarred traits though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from rolling poorly, I and would... that's I think a way to kind of put your thumb on the scale yeah. a little bit with this mm-hmm. game is because if you've like been failing at rowing heroically the whole game, uh, you're going to have more scarred traits. Yeah. So then I can be, you can be like, well, I can roll heroically, but I would only be getting the 2d6. If I roll desperately, I'll get this plus six or plus four or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that ambiguity of kind of like, it, it feels almost like cheating in a way. And I kind of feel like we were cheating because like, you know, after the first dungeon, we had so many traits that were giving us bonuses. Like, I think I had like four, I was adding four to everything by the end of the game. Yeah, because you, you start, were rolling heroically. You yeah. start with two and then you got another two. You're rolling plus four. But like yeah. on your way there, you're rolling three and then you're rolling two. Yeah. But like, it was still like, Y'all didn't miss, yeah. and um, 
I think that yeah, the way to change that you make the rules more difficult. You increase you could potentially increase the number of challenges per dungeon, but at the same time, like I without without more dungeon structure, I was like, I don't know how big this dungeon should be exactly. I need to come up with what six obstacles. Five, um, I think. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's number of players plus one plus two plus three. Right. So one like plus two plus two plus one. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so by the third one. But by the final dungeon, I, was, you, you, I had to come up with six obstacles, which is like, you know, you can do that. You can come up with more. Uh, mm-hmm. You could probably stretch it out. But like, And uh, you can make the same obstacle take multiple successes. Like, um, for example, the well, that automaton, had you succeeded, it could have been wobbling a bit, and, but still a problem. Like, that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing where it just comes down to GM and player experience at the table. Because um, it doesn't say... It goes through and describes... Uh, to say that, sorry, thoughts are completely gone. Uh, <laughs> getting back again to the what we would change, mm-hmm. you're 100% right. That 8 to 11 and a 12 plus, that is exactly what I would change to make this game fit perfectly. And uh-huh. I, yeah, and I think another way we could change it to fit more perfectly too is um, there really weren't. Mm. I don't know. I almost want to say that, like, with heroically, you add your stuff. I almost feel like maybe not for acting desperately, but for bad roles, something. It felt like there should be more of a penalty sometimes than just not hitting the number. Well, that's just the thing is the penalty yeah. doesn't actually show up. That's yeah, it really fit this. It was that uh, third act twist like you were talking about where the players can only die in the third act. Yeah, that's really, really brilliant in my opinion, yeah, for multiple reasons. One, it is the third act twist. Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is what makes it special. The turnaround, however, is the players have been rolling and doing what they're doing, and they're realizing, oh, the failure doesn't matter. I just mark it down. Failure doesn't matter. I just mark it down. No big deal. I'll keep rolling. And then they get to the end and they roll and they go, oh no, mm-hmm. I got one over my injury limit. Uh oh, what happens now? Because whether you're rolling heroically or like when you're rolling heroically and get a partial in the first in all three dungeons, you scar one of your traits. Mm-hmm. When you're rolling desperately in the first two dungeons, you just add an injury on a partial. Yeah. It's no big deal. Those things still continue to happen. You're still adding injuries when you fail or even partially succeed in that third dungeon. So if you make it more desperate, it starts to turn into the oh no, can I? Can I get yeah. this off and still like stay alive for it? And I totally get that, but I do think with the way the number system is, and then the fact that until that third act, there's it's really easy to stack your own deck or whatever so that that doesn't happen. Uh, so I have a homebrew rule that I would just be like, I think this would be more fun at my table, yep. and then a rule that I would actually suggest of like making in the actual rules. The caveat being. If we didn't do that, like um, 12 plus is a success, what I would do is you only lower the dungeon challenge rating on a 10 plus. And then you have the choice for partial successes to either scar or take an injury. And that might, that puts in uh, an element of choice a little bit. Yeah. Um, And then maybe futzing with like, the challenge rating a little bit of like it's adding more per player adding more per player but my homebrew rule and i think might change this a lot because i was looking at this says it's two to four or two to six players plus the gm yeah i think that a lot of things that we're uncomfortable with would be changed if there were more players like if we were playing a six-person game that would be a very different game than playing a three-person game if you only have three players, I would actually just make it a GM-less game and like mm. make the GM a player. And then when you roll, you get to describe how you succeed or fail. And then you describe for the next person what the complication is. Or it's like, okay, yeah, you could absolutely we like defeated the automaton, but it fell and caused a big hole in the cavern and or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. Something like that. That would be my homebrew home like rule is like just make it GM-less and like let everyone play and describe and 
throw weird things, uh, weird challenges at it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm kind of on the other side of like, I, part of the reason I picked this game is because it had a GM. And I was like, right. I want to run a game tonight. I'm yeah. I've been on running games. I ran one on Friday. I want to do it again. <laughs> and, uh, so like, yeah, I, I love, I love micro RPGs that have a GM because I just, I just like GM and more than like being a player usually. Well, and for sure. I will say I actually kind of agree with you, Tim, because I just from a player side, I I prefer there to be some structure other than a set of rules or something. Like I don't know, having a GM just <laughs> helps me essentially figure out what I'm doing and when I'm supposed to roll and stuff like that. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, this this is a perfect intro to swords and sorcery RPGs. Yeah. Like yeah. honestly, if you have new players, I think this as written is damn near perfect. Especially yeah. if you have folks who are like, I'm not certain. You're like, cool, we have an afternoon. Let's just sit down, we'll run this one specifically. Yeah, we got index cards and a and a game of risk nearby. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all you need and it works out it works out just fine. People can get into it. And it, as long as you have one person who's willing to run it and come up with that really quick short story, because Tim. Uh-huh. How many minutes did you put into this story? Uh, well, y'all were in the bathroom. Uh, I, I used, uh, I, I got, I, I kind of stole some stuff from someone else. There's a, there's a great micro RPG. Oh, it's like a booklet called Maze Rats, and it's got a bunch of random tables in it. So I just rolled on the wild uh, wilderness regions and landmarks, and then I also rolled on the maze charts to get a couple descriptors for the dungeons and the transition sequences. And then we rolled on the monster creation setup together and wrote that down for Mr. Mr. Viscount uh, to get a bit of an idea of who our enemy was. And then I just went from there. So about 15 to 20 minutes yeah. or less. F- less, honestly. Probably about, probably about 10. Yeah. <laughs> it was somewhere between 7 to 10 minutes of prep time. And I was, and I was game talking was run. while that was happening, too. Yeah. We were, we were bullshitting. So we this... This is just an intro game yeah. for as it is. If you're playing with people who have played RPGs before and they're either going to be like me and want to math everything out or mm-hmm. like you guys and want to describe the story and get really into it, mm-hmm. shift that, just shift that difficulty up and then like, okay, sweet, oh, we yeah. have a single afternoon. We don't want to continue the big story or we're missing a couple people. Um, or if you have folks who have never played an RPG before, you just set them down and say, like, no, come up with something. Come up mm-hmm. with, like, okay, do you, want your, do you want your character to use a knife? Do you want them to use an axe? Uh, how about a tower shield? Like, just write down yeah. five things you think you would see in a... Uh, pick five things out of a scene in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's all you need to do. This game very, this game very much feels like a danger lizard and scary jail... Um, game. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to be a little bit more clear than that. Okay, mazes so, and minotaurs. Yes, like oh, okay, okay. Chimeras uh, and caverns. Some, some yes. sort of uh, bunnies and burrows, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. bad thing and bad place game. Roger, Roger. Um, <laughs> scary thing and bad place. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like that light. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh So if someone's like, I've never played letter and letter before, um. And you're like, okay, well, let's start with this, and this will get you used to yeah. like how turn orders work and stuff like that. Or if like you're doing it with kids, this feels like a very di- watered down version of that. Or the other one where you're looking for a path. Um, yes, yes, and- yes, yes. Some sort of some sort of trail navigator. Yes, yes. Those or uh, you know uh, those kinds of big TTRPGs. Um, this feels like a very like baby's first yeah. TTRPG for that. Mm-hmm. And for that, I think it's great. Like you said, as is for someone who's never played before or someone's like, I want to play one of those like longer form TTRPGs, but I don't know what I'm doing. This is a great way to get someone interested in it and get them used to things like rolling dice, role playing, describing the scenes and, you know, how like combat would kind of work. So it also mandatorily makes it so that players have to add the scene descriptors exactly yeah. so they yeah. get to build the world a little bit as yeah mm-hmm. i like it and so for that for that uh i'm just going to skip right ahead go to ahead. our final section of table it or uh shelf it and i would say i would table it for all those reasons i might tweak it a little bit if yeah. i ever brought it to my table but uh i think this is a great game and i would play it again excellent okay i'll, I'll go next 
If I was GMing, table, 100%. Yep. If I'm a player, only if we shift that difficulty up because I uh-huh. want this game to hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I re- like that story at the that little story at the end, all heroes who fell tell a story of how they are remembered. I want to be that guy. Yeah. It's super I so fun. wanted one of us to be able to be like, and my story goes down in the hearts and minds well, of And yeah. my after story was very much like, Well, one day I'll die. So this is what, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want that to look like. But yeah, table it for me. Table it. Yeah. Um, I definitely would say table it. I think now that I've played once, if anything, I would just get a little funkier, more creative, and like maybe go, I hate to say off book or whatever, but like, you know, if people were homebrewing rules or whatever. But I think in general, I had a good time and it was quick. And I think um, as someone with ADHD, sometimes two hours is all I got. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, you also speak my language. I'm tabling this for sure. Um, I had a great time with this. Um, I've been looking for a, a micro RPG to, to leave in my car all the time. I want a <laughs> an emergency RPG box to live in my car. You know, next to the first aid kit and the jumper cables. I, I th- this was a, this was a contender. I'm glad we got to play it. I think I might put it there. I think yeah. there might be a spot for it. Pack of index cards, two d six, and a couple of pencils. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. So, table for sure. Total table. That doesn't happen very often. We're usually a little picky no, yeah, that. We, so. yeah. um, all right. We, we got to do some wrapping up. Um, does anyone have any plugs? Uh, listen to Lesser Evil. Kiss Sandra and I are on there. And uh, we're about to wrap our first season um, the next couple weeks. I don't know when this will come out. but uh, And then we're going to start recording a season two soon. So listen to us. <laughs> Yay. I want to say to support the Table It Patreon. Yeah. At patreon.com slash table it. I also want to say that I have written a couple of books, most known for Queering the Tarot, most recently Lessons from the Empress. Pretty soon um, I will be working on one called Tarot in Other Words that is an essay anthology. So once that's ready for pre-order, which may be by the time this episode's out, um follow or what am i trying to say uh buy my books buy my book buy my books learn tarot have a great time nice uh matt you got anything uh no not yet all right crimes wait what be gay do crimes (laughs) (laughs) we're recording this during pride month so yeah yeah yeah. yes you're all gay now i'm just gonna go off that first one and say only if you actually are yes well, but no. straight anyone, up do crimes. Nope. Anyone can commit crimes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that is the official Be yourself, tape. do crimes. There yourself we go. do crimes. All right. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us at micro underscore RPGs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Or you can email us at microRPGs at gmail.com. We also have a Discord. You should please join that. Uh, you can also join our Patreon if you want to support us financially. Or you can rate or review us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts to support us non-financially. And most importantly, tell a friend about us. Uh, Our theme is Chill Vibra Jazz by Danny Dory, and we'll see you all next time.